Good morning, everyone. Marlena here with Edu Gladiators, and I am super excited to have back one of our favorite warriors in the arena, Dr. Felais. Welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> well, even though I know you and you've you've just dropped some awesome questions for this morning's chat on developing high-performing POCs, there are folks that are first-timers every week people that are first timers to our Edu Gladiators uh, live after chat. So tell everyone a little bit about yourself before we get started. Yes, uh, my name is uh, Joshua Falaise, uh, but it's spelled in French, Josué uh, Falaise. So that's one thing people don't realize. Um, <clears throat> I'm a former teacher, vice principal, principal, as well as chief academic officer. Uh, now I'm currently running my own company, uh, GOMO Educational Services. Um, that is G-O-M-O -O, Educational Services. You can uh, follow that on, on uh, Twitter at GOMO EDS and on Twitter, GOMO Ed Services. I'm still working on a website and there is an email uh, that is GOMO Ed Services at gmail.com. Awesome, awesome. Well, the chat today was fire. Lots of great sharing, lots of great questions, uh, great ideas, but I wanted to give our followers and uh, our warriors an opportunity to dive a little bit deeper in developing high-performing PLCs because that is definitely a hot topic in education across the country. Uh, and uh, you know what I've seen, and I love to hear your thoughts on this, is that many districts have adopted a POC model for their meeting formats, but they may not have, they probably don't have high developing PLCs or high performing PLCs um, because, well, lots of reasons uh, for that. So first of all, what is the importance of having a high performing, or what is the difference, I'm sorry, for having a high performing PLC compared to just a PLC? Okay. Well, what people try to confuse, uh, tend, to, tend to confuse is PLC and meeting, as you uh, originally stated. So the difference would be the difference between a PLC and a meeting. Meeting is where people are actually coming to discuss uh, issues, concerns, and at least sometimes to um, non-discussables where things are not supposed to say. So let's say an administrator walks in and it's like, hush, hush, because we weren't talking about what we were supposed to. Whereas a PLC is organic. It's focused, uh, it vo focus on instructions, focus on student learnings, focus on strategies. Um, teachers are looking to help build each other. And the most, I guess, pinnacle item is, is sustainability. So regardless of which leader's there, the PLC or high, uh, high performing um, PLC is going to sustain, um, regardless of who leader, which leader is there. And regardless of even if a new staff member comes because they will say, this is how we do it. And then on their own, they will come to train uh, each new staff member, whether it be half the staff or even each person. And the new person will come in to uh, become used to, this is the way we do it. And people looking to help and build each other because it's not just a PLC, it's gonna be a culture. And not just in one group, but in all groups when we talk about high, high performing. I love that answer. And if you have a question for our special guest this morning, we are live on Facebook. So uh, if you click the link, that's how you're probably seeing us. There's a chat feature and you can drop your questions. And throughout our time this morning, I will ask uh, your questions and you can get the answers straight from the expert's mouth. Okay, so 
here's my here's my next question that I have for you is that how important is the master schedule in developing high performing PLCs? Yes, it has to be <clears throat> organic also. Um, I'll give you a perfect example of my school. When we first started developing uh, PLCs, we had them um, vertically, which means that the math, science, social studies teachers for that specific grade level, which were in groups, taught with teachers, but then we wanted to take it to another level. <clears throat> and then they wanted, excuse me, we were horizontal. Then the teachers uh, wanted to start meeting vertically. So uh, across the whole middle school, in my, pre my last school as a principal, and we again had to have a, P a PLC community on scheduling and various different communities, uh, the stakeholders offered input, students, parents, and obviously the teachers and administration. And we were able to come up with a vertical. So every single grade level in middle school would, by content error was able to come up with a schedule and it took our, our uh, learning and just the, this, the PLC uh, to another level because now from sixth grade, seventh grade to eighth grade, there was a scaffolding and it got so great that the other schools um, prior to us and after us wanted to get involved. And I was able to have them come to the school uh, working with the, the um, middle school um, uh, principal as well as the high school principal so they can actually have their uh, teachers come into our buildings and attend those kind of meetings. So those kind of conversations were taking place and it continued on during the, um, the district professional development days. Okay, so what role do you, uh, what role do principals or assistant principals play in developing those high performing PLCs? One thing is modeling the expectations of uh, what's expected in those PLCs. Um, every year, I would say for about the month of October or sometimes into September to all of October, I actually went in and laid the foundation. Um, however, it requires that the principal or school leader, whatever the title may be, or school leaders, uh, to be aware of what is a high effective um, and, and performing PLC. Um, what are those critical issues that have to be the focus? Um, and how do you, I guess, delegate or, or ex have the staff go out and execute those type of strategies? Like one thing that I did was um, taking stock in, when I first got hired um, and what were the critical errors and listen to the board, listen to the parents, listen to the teachers, paraprofessionals, custodians, and developed a plan. And I developed like a three-year plan on those kind of topics. And, but number one was, was the concern was the climate and culture was once I was able to take care of the climate, the culture then took place to develop those PLCs to make them high performing. Then it developed into developing the capacity of each and every single person. Um, whether it be about finding out what were some of those strengths of those individuals and then looking to enhance them. And this is something that I, that I uh, did also. And then from there, it just totally evolved where staff members were um, running the PLCs by, them, by themselves. Um, there's accountability part that has to be part of there. It's not just say that there's a PLC and then uh, it, it, it just accepting it. Um, I developed PLC leaders where people actually work for free because in New Jersey, there is a union uh, thing yeah, a big thing. <laughs> but because the, the culture became so pervasive as far as like, we want to do better. We want to be um, the best, not just in this district. We want to be the best in the nation, you know, the state. Um, so they devoted to it. They believed in it. Students believed in it. The administration believed in it. And um, as a result, the whole culture around the, the, the school changed and it started impacting the district because of one school, because of one teacher. Um, you'll find us uh, the... Uh, 
these teachers will also start doing things that uh, that are risk taking and different out of you know the norm. And then more teachers want to join in because people love success. Because once they start seeing the success, they want to be part of it. And therefore, you can just keep uh, going, asking what else do you believe in, um, taking their um, their ideas and suggestions and actually supporting them. Because without the support of the administration for the PLCs, then you're actually limiting them to some sort of a glass ceiling. And uh, those, that's some of the areas as far as like the school leader, taking support, listening, support, uh, communicating, and again, modeling. Awesome. I want to jump really quickly to some of the uh, responses. So if you see me look to the side, I have all kind of devices around me, guys. You know, I do cell phone, laptop, <laughs> on my desktop. But uh, I want to jump to the chat itself. Uh, Assistant Principal Elise Day-Fritz out of Washington. Thank you, Elise, for participating this morning. She shared that uh, on question two, we talked about, you asked what were the biggest challenges in developing these high-performing PLCs? And I think it goes to what you just shared just now. She shared that their biggest challenge is be building, continuing to build relational trust. If colleagues cannot openly discuss ideas, questions, and concerns, it's impossible, it's nearly impossible to function like a PLC. What do you say to folks that have that same challenge? How do they overcome that? Okay. Um, on a, I may say it's a joke first, but it's also solicitation. Call me. <laughs> <laughs> I will come in and help your leader. Um, but uh, seriously, it takes a um, confident um, person who is really looking to help their school by allowing um, teachers to just take the reins, but then making sure the teachers are implementing the most effective practices. So like we said, as far as students, you know, like in design thinking, like you set up challenges for students and allow them to uh, learn and experiment. It's the same thing with teachers and they have to be allowed to do that. Um, that and that, that's where the trust comes into and then supporting you. Yes, they may end up failing by trying something new, but at least they tried and they felt supported and that now gives them the opportunity and the desire and the passion to want to continue to do different things. And that starts the ball rolling. So Tara Tyen, uh, a fantastic teacher uh, from Texas, says that it's not just trust that has to be there, but also vulnerability to take the PLC to the next level. What do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? That is correct. And that's why I said, as far as like the risk taking, um, you have to be vulnerable to failure. Um, you have to be vulnerable to maybe people assuming that you're trying to be like a, a goody two shoes, brown nosing. But if we're there for the kids, you have to be, you have yourself vulnerable. Cause I mean, those students who are high performing in your classrooms, there's a vulnerability part on their, on their uh, issue also, because they may say, you know, maybe I need to not be act so smart or do so many different things because the students may think that I'm trying to, you know, brown nose the teacher, but it's just they're trying to better themselves. And that as sometimes in better themselves, they're also bettering everyone else that's around them because they see the success that's occurring with that one child. And imagine that as a teach as one teacher, then imagine that as a group of teachers, imagine that as a school within a district, because that school can be the um the epicenter for change, which is something that my last school that we did, and it was just uh, we took the districts to new to new heights because of just the things that we were doing in our one building. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, what would you say are? I mean, I think let me phrase it like this: there are lots of different trainings and 
you know, from the original PLC, uh, you know, guru um, with Dufour to, you know, lots of branches of PLCs, what do you say is the top three things that should be discussed in a PLC? <clears throat> and for a high-performing PLC at that. High-performing PLC. Number one is, before the PLC comes as a school, whether everyone gets it or not, there must be a clear and established vision that should have been created uh, collaboratively. That's number one. And then, uh, although you know, people may feel it somewhat perfunctory just to keep reading the vision, um, it just reinstills the, the, the purpose for people being there. So that way they're at least aware, you know, not able to maybe fully recite it, but they say, you know what, this is what we're doing. And you keep everything focused on that vision. So as things are discussed or are implemented, you try to say, is it aligned to the vision? Number two um, would be uh, purpose. If people are doing certain things and it's not aligned to the purpose, then you're deviating from everything. And, and ultimately for all of us that are educators is how is this helping students to the way that we want, the, to the future that we want for them? Um, so again, we're talking about like non-discussables. If you sit and talk negative about a student, we can now move into more of the um, self-fulfilling prophecies that we're just manifesting um, more as far as things that we don't want. So let's look at things differently, um, try different things um, so we can help children because sometimes the one size does not fit all. Now we, we're realizing that more and more now. That's the reason why there's more personalized student learning, personalized PD for adults. Um, so what is your purpose? And your purpose may be different than everyone else, but as a school, what is our purpose? And then that will be aligned to the vision, which will be able to take a step. So things are um, trying to present it more in a cyclical manner. So it's not like it's something compartmentalized or something new that everyone thinks that they have to uh, sit back and go relearn all over again. Um, the third thing, give me one second. <laughs> no, you're fine. I love it. Is because you caught me off guard, but I, I give me a second. Uh, the third thing is going to be practice. And it's, you cannot, in most parts, or most times, get everything the very first time you do it. As they say, was if you if you try and you fail, keep trying, uh, try again. Uh, you got to keep trying and trying because just the practice of your practice and and people don't understand. Some educators um, have challenges with understanding what is an educator's practice, um, and this what goes into like a huge kind of conversation regarding curriculum revision. Um, assessment development, authentic assessments, um, analyzing data, drive instruction. There's so many different things. And the thing is the practice. This is what we need to do and should be doing. And practicing the practice is what helps us build the capacity. If we have the support um, of our leaders, of our peers uh, to help each other out, those are the critical things I believe will help uh, in developing and uh, implementing and sustaining a high-performing PLC. So one of our core warriors and my partner in crime with Edu Gladiators, uh, Ryan Jackson here in Tennessee, he actually shared uh, that 
celebrations. And also, let me add, Michael Ford, also here in Tennessee, they were talking about, had a sidebar conversation in the chat about celebration being gasoline for PLCs, uh, especially for high-performing PLCs. So what are some things that uh, leaders can do in the building in the district to help celebrate uh, those teachers that are that are functioning at a high level? Now, one is highlighting. Uh, one example that I did <clears throat> were, let's say, um, maybe authentic assessments. If a teacher's um, is exceptional at it, um, I would actually make sure of, I would know that first by developing that person to make sure that it's there and then have them run PLCs on that type of uh, topic and go in to really support teachers. So like basically getting coverage for that teacher um, at certain times to make sure that everyone's on the same page and then having that teacher go into support, having teachers go into that teacher's class while they're administering um, authentic assessments or even uh, having um, that teacher work with other teachers in their PLCs as they develop authentic assessments. Uh, and, that's, and that's basically one of the things I did also. So it's those kind of things that by showing value, uh, that teacher being vulnerable to even accept that because again, so that's a tough thing for, uh, let's say it's a young teacher that first year, second year, but that's a skill or a niche for them. And it's like, hey, can you support everyone else? Because this is something that you want to keep in your own classroom. And that's a form of celebration and people believe in it. And then as you start doing that for more and more teachers, that's where we, I, I talk about um, really being vulnerable, but then the success, you know, he, he, he or she values me as the, as the school leader to support others and lead them. I want to be able to uh, do more. So I'm going to maybe find another thing. And that leads into different things like, um, when we started doing, we came high performing PLCs, we took it to another level where um, I originally started having teachers look at videos during the PLCs and answer just a few questions. That was when we had a PD360. And uh, so teachers asked me like, you know what, we just sit there and uh, read these, look at these videos, we answer these questions of PLC, um, but we want to take it to another level. I said, okay, let's, what, what do you want to do? Let's start a book study. And the, the concern was, how is everyone, is everyone gonna really start reading a book? So let's let's break it down. So as I met with the PLC leaders, let's, let's, uh, we decided on a, a certain book, which was aligned with the district book for that for that year, and we broke it down to chapters for each month. And someone created questions. A teacher took the time, read it before everyone created questions, and they came back um, and asked the questions in each PLC every single month. And that was a book study that occurred in our schools. Took it to another notch. We started even um, teachers visiting others teachers teachers classrooms. They created the tool, the uh, a walkthrough tool the teachers created for themselves that became non-evaluative. And again, it just kept proliferating and, and building on each other. And those are kind of things that hyper-developing performing PLCs do. You know, one thing you were talking about having the uh, chapters of that book, of that book study broken down. Another great idea just to add is uh, have book snaps as they're reading through that. Tara Martin out of Kansas, uh, if you're not following her, you need to follow her, Tara Martin EDU out of Kansas uh, really helped bring to light this movement of book snaps and uh, and the power of that is people are reading, sharing right there on their Twitter or their Instagram or whatever it might be, LinkedIn, uh, what they're reading and what their what their takeaways from have been really powerful. That is correct. 
And Tara, how you doing? Because I just started following Tara about two months ago. We got connected with a, a book that I had just gotten and uh, someone connected me to her. I wish I knew about you years ago because that was one thing that, that I definitely feel is very quick. Um, and I guess when people talk about time, it is so quick because you've already devoted time to reading a book and it's immediate feedback that everyone can support each other. So thank you. Yeah, I love that idea. Love that idea uh, from Tara. And, you know, just to just to make just to make it even more meaningful, you can take those series of uh, book snaps and depending on what platform you are, make it a moment, uh, use Storify, use any of the different apps to make it a collection of what you're doing. Uh, because when we, when we use our social media to share out what we're learning, we're actually microblogging, you know, no matter what the platform might be. So, you know, that just sparked that thought as you were talking about the book study and, and the time piece. Um, having those book snaps as you're reading and then just, you know, collecting all of that, all of those book snaps, you've already done the work, you know, you don't have to redo it. That's correct. And it's there for everyone to see simultaneously. Yes. In the, in the PLC, in the high performance PLCs, each PLC is separate, but then having those micro blogs, like you said, everyone can see it as far as what everyone in the case, keep building it. And sometimes you can actually start something controversial to get people to, Get, become emotional and it could be something that's a topic that they want to talk about but not sure and that can start some great conversations and risk-taking and vulnerability um that's another way to do it okay you are reading my mind because i had just pulled up a tweet from pj capozzi he's a superintendent in illinois and one of yeah and one of the things that he shared was plcs in some way require tension to be effective uh and high developing as well high performing and he said, too often, um, we as educators, no matter the role, aren't willing to go there. What are your well, thoughts? Oh, I've gone there many times over and over again. Um, there has to be tension to affect change, PJ. So I fully support you. Um, it's the conviction and display of passion and modeling, effective modeling, um, to bring the staff beyond it. Um, we have to be able to coach people up as well as coach people out so we can get to the product that we want with our students in our schools. It will not always be perfect. However, uh, once we are getting to that point where, um, I don't wanna use the word weed out, but we have gotten the staff to a certain point, then we can start looking to build the capacity of everyone simultaneously. But there has to be the coaching, coaching out originally because um, if a school, whether it's effective or ineffective, because it really comes down to just student performance. So there are certain schools and demographics that are just students are just getting it. Uh, nothing needs to be done, but that's where there's complacency and, and things towards the status quo. And if you as a progressive leader comes in and you, you're looking to um, try different things and do different things, and uh, you're constantly getting bombarded with this is the way that we've did it, uh, and this is the way it's always been done, um, that can be somewhat discouraging to certain leaders. But again, that's where you start, you know, just looking at either getting one person to be the outlier um, and, or another person or, or giving examples like of certain things. And this is how we need to start doing it. Um, this is a way that you can impact children differently. If, you know, you keep going back to that, let's say the vision again. This is the vision. What is your purpose for doing? It's not just, you know, coming eight to four, handing out uh, worksheets but you're looking to do different things, um, getting your teachers on Twitter, um, uh, Instagram, there's different ways, um, getting them on the, 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 uh, the uh, ed camps. You're trying different things to just push the norm and the status quo. 
And that is tension, um, especially initially if, if this is a culture that has not been accustomed to doing that. Awesome. Well, it has been such a pleasure talking with you this morning, as always. And <laughs> it has been. It's been a fun morning. Um, but if folks want to continue this conversation with you or they need more, uh, more tidbits on how to make this work for them, how can they get in contact with you? Yes. Um, as I say, my name is Josue. Uh, this J-O-S-U-E-F-A-L-A-I-S-E. That is at my name on Twitter. Uh, also, uh, you could contact me via GOMO EDS, G-O-M-O-E-D-S. That is at GOMO for on Twitter or GOMO Ed Services on uh, Instagram, as well as GOMO Ed Services at gmail.com. So these are the high-performing PLCs are, are something that my company and I, I actually work on supporting schools. We've been doing for the last seven years. Um, with the NJPSA FEAs so traveling um, the, the country, and we still continue to do that. So please reach out to me, um, not just for questions, but also if you would like some support for your schools. Awesome. Thank you, Dr. Feliz. I really appreciate you coming on this morning, and I appreciate each and every one of you that are listening live right now, or even if you're watching the replay, this is definitely uh, a live after chat that you would want to share with your staff, with your teachers, uh, with your leaders to develop high-performing PLCs. Next week, we continue with